0: God is glorious in his saints. Welcome to the Christian Saints podcast. My name is Professor Darren Ong, recording from Sepang in Malaysia. In this podcast, we explore the lives of the Christian saints from the Anglican, Roman Catholic, and Eastern Orthodox traditions. Today, we commemorate Saint Andre Rublev. Saint Andre Rublev lived around the late 14th and early 15th centuries and is a celebrated Russian iconographer that is a painter of holy icons. Unfortunately, not much is known about his life. We have a few small details, like the fact that he has a strong connection with Saint Sergius of Rodonesh. Let us read from a brief biography of the saint from the website of the Orthodox Church of America. St. Andrei Rublev, Russia's greatest iconographer, was born near Moscow sometime between 1360 and 1370. While still very young, he went to the Holy Trinity Monastery and was profoundly impressed by St. Sergius of Rodonesh After the death of St. Sergius in 1392, St. Nikon succeeded him as egoman. St. André became a novice in the monastery under St. Nikon. Sometime before 1405, he moved to the Spaso-Andronikov Monastery founded by St. Andronicus with the blessing of St. Nikon. There, St. André received monastic tonsure and was taught iconography by Theophanes the Greek and the monk Daniel, St. André's friend and fellow ascetic. St. André is first mentioned in the Chronicles in 1405 when he, Theophanes and Prochorus painted the Cathedral of the Annunciation. His next important project, which he undertook with the monk Daniel was to paint the frescoes in the Domitian Cathedral in Vladimir in 1408. Saint Nikon of Rodonesh asked Saint André and Daniel to paint the new church in the reconstructed monastery of the Holy Trinity which had been destroyed by the Tatars in 1408. At this time, Saint André painted his most famous icon, the Holy Trinity, actually the hospitality of Abraham. Saint Andre fell asleep in the Lord between 1427 and 1430 and was buried in the Andronikov Monastery. He was over 70 years old at the time of his death. The monk Daniel, who died before Saint Andre, appeared to his friend and urged him to join him. In eternal blessedness. Saint Andre's greatest work is his holy Trinity icon, and indeed, this is the only work that we know for sure is painted by him. Unfortunately, podcasts are not well suited. To describe art in the visual medium. So if it is possible, I encourage you to pause this episode right now, do a Google search for Rublev Trinity, and take a few minutes to contemplate this wonderful icon. If it is possible, listen to the rest of this podcast episode with that icon in view. Uh, but please don't do this if you are driving or in a similarly unsafe situation. This holy trinity icon depicts a story in the 18th chapter of the book of Genesis in the Bible, when Abraham is visited by three angels and offers them hospitality, ignorant of their true nature. But this story is really one that points to the holy trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Here is a nice textual description of what is happening in this icon from the website of the British Association of Iconographers. The icon depicts the Holy Trinity by representing the biblical scene of three men appearing to Abraham at the Oak of Mamre to show they belong to the heavenly world. They are depicted as three-winged angels, but the circumstances of their appearance are passed over in silence. The cosmos is represented in the background by a mountain and tree, the tree of life, and Abraham's house is seen, because the main focus lies not in the biblical meaning, but in its dogma or theological teaching. Just before Rublev's time, the historical aspect of the event was more dominant, as Sarah was often depicted serving the calf, objects on the table, and Abraham entertaining the guests or serving them with Sarah. But in Rublev's icon, the treatment is reduced to the essentials, because it excludes these other details. The visiting angels sit in quiet conversation, the table becomes an altar with only the Eucharistic cup on it, and the oak tree and house become symbols. Geometrical structure, especially circles, creates a unity, allowing for representing the Trinity as a movement of unity and love. According to Uspensky, the angels are grouped in order of symbols of faith from left to right. God the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. The angel on the left wears a pale blue cloak with brown and blue green highlights. He represents the Father blessing the chalice in a gesture indicating his will for the sorrowful mission of his Son as assigned to him. The center angel wears a purple undergarment and blue cloak the customary colours used for depicting Christ on icons. His priestly function is symbolised by his wearing a stole and blessing the cup in a restrained gesture, indicating acceptance in humility and obedience to offer himself as a sacrifice. The right-hand angel is clothed in the principal colour of green, which Dionysus, the Arapagite, says signifies youth, fullness of powers, thus suggesting properties of the Holy Spirit. The elongated bodies of the angels are fourteen times the head, instead of the normal eight. There is an invisible circle enfolding the three angels, and wherever one looks, echoes of circles can be seen. The overall colour in this icon, with its tranquil blues and green, overlain with paler tones, combined with soft ivory white producing a transparent effect, shows forth harmony, unity, and concord. This, in turn, is echoed in the forms and lines in the icon. As Uspensky says, this icon, with its inexhaustible content, its harmonious composition, majestic calm figures of the angels conversing in silence, and the light-joyous summer colours... Could only be the creation of a man who has stilled in his soul all agitation and doubt and has been illumined by the light and knowledge of God. Let us read from a wonderful reflection by Professor Johannes Reimer. Professor Reimer is Professor of Mission Studies and Intercultural Theology at the Eusbach University of Applied Arts in Germany and the University of South Africa. This reflection is from a journal article he wrote in 2008 in the journal Arta Theologica titled The Spirituality of André Rublev's Icon of the Holy Trinity. What is the theology behind the icon? What did Rublev want to transmit to the visitors of the Cathedral of the Holy Trinity in Radonesh? What is his message? There are a number of possible answers to these questions. First, Rublev seems to express the unity, the divine oneness of the Trinity, both the composition of his icon as well as the conversational relationship of the three angels as its main images, strongly support this thought. The oneness is a qualitative unity. It describes the nature of God in missionary terms. Uspensky formulates, If the bowing of heads expressed by the two angels towards the third unite the three, then the hands pointing to the cup on the white throne-like table with an Eucharistic cup filled with the head of an animal offering point to the center of the icon. The center is the Eucharist, God's salvific act in Christ, the ultimate target of the Missio Dei. The unity of God is therefore qualified by the unity in God's mission. In fact, the mission seems to determine the nature of the Trinity. Secondly, Rublev emphasizes the eternity of the Trinity by freezing all motions in his painting. By doing so, he seems to stop time itself. Time is taken out of the icon. What is left lies beyond time and space, eternity. His icon speaks, but instead of words and stories, it uses meditation, emotions, as if the author wanted to say, you cannot describe God's divine nature his everlasting love, and his self-denial in mission in words. Love must be experienced. Verbal debates lead nowhere. God must enter the inner room of our heart. Intellectuality alone, reflection in time and space, do not enter his nature. Instead, they may well hinder access to the most secret, the most intimate God himself in his trinity. One is clearly reminded of God's prohibition against making any likeness of him. It is fascinating to see an image of God that expresses God's law prohibiting such an image. Rublev does not offer an idol. He leads us to a deep contemplation of the unseen. Thirdly, the unity of the Trinity is specified by some differentiations between the three images. Rublev does so by painting the dress of the angels differently. Their attire seems to indicate different responsibilities, different offices. They are one. Their mission is one, centered on salvation. But their tasks are different. As indicated by the symbols above their heads, they each play a different role. Yet without being separated from each other, they promote each other, their acts seem to draw them into their eternal oneness. The positions of their bodies have the same effect. The three all sit differently. But again the bodies seem to enter a perichoretical movement, a round dance, a rotation which if speeded up, will make it impossible to distinguish who is who in the picture. The observer following the direction in which the bodies point will rotate his or her head and the ensuing meditation will produce a dancing effect. Rublev sees the differences in the hypostases of the Trinity but he does so as John of Damascus once suggested. Perichoretically, it is impossible to separate one person of the Trinity from the others. They naturally belong together there is just one being, the three are one. All polytheistic tendencies are removed. Rublev is in his icon, absolutely monotheistic. Fourthly, at the center of the icon is Christ. He reveals God to humankind. It is his salvific act which allows the observer to meditate on the nature of the Trinity. The quiet conversation The presupposed dialogue between the three persons seems to rotate around the table with the cup of offering. The conversation, frozen in time, indicates an eternal, never-ending dialogue. The word is not only spoken by God. God himself is this word. His nature is focused in this dialogue. Rublev wants his observer to see this. The attention of the observer is drawn to this table. The angels to the left and right seem to lift the table with their bodies that are painted into the table. The composition indicates that the two offer up the third. It is him whom they want to be seen. Rublev seems to indicate what the prologue of the Gospel of John expresses clearly in unforgettable words. In the beginning there was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things came into being by him and apart from him nothing came into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the Word became flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. Fifthly, the colors of the icon are consciously chosen. Rublev uses a mixture of deep blue and dark red in a combination, which allows him to create the impression of light shining out of the icon. According to later interpretations, The intentions of an icon were to create a place of divine meditation, which would allow the observer to enter the divine light of God, in order to experience an inner transformation. The idea behind this comes from the hesychastic movement in Greek monastic circles, around the monk of Athos and later archbishop, Gregory Palamas, the founder of hesychism. Gregory and his followers believed that the experience granted to the three disciples of Jesus, who went with him to Mount Tabor, the Mount of Transfiguration, meant that they were transformed by divine light, which they called the Taboric light. Both Rublev and his spiritual father, St. Sergius of Radamesh, were Hesychus. The icon in their teaching becomes a window to God's divine light, the light of Tabor, Rublev aims to paint such a window. His task was more than merely producing an image of the Holy Trinity. In the hands of Rublev, the icon becomes a place of divine inspiration and a materialization of God's presence. Meditating on the content expressed by the icon allows the observer to enter a holy space where a personal transfiguration becomes a real possibility. To be transformed in God's likeness, that is theosis, is the highest goal of all hesychastic piety. God has become human in order that humans become godly. It is through individual transformation that nations will be transformed. The sixth point reflects the missionary theology of St. Sergius. The icon of the Holy Trinity invites meditation and contemplation in Eucharistic terms, but it also enlightens the faithful for the sake of the divine mission. Jesus at the table invites us to accept the same calling he received from the Father. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you, says Jesus to John the Evangelist. The liturgical experience of the Trinity becomes a divine calling to human beings to become instruments of salvation to the world. This message of St. Sergius is also the message of Rublev and his masterpiece. Saint Andrei Rublev was glorified as a saint in the Russian Orthodox Church only in 1988, with a feast day on July the 4th. He is also celebrated as a saint in the Episcopal Church of the United States of America. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Christian Saints Podcast. Look for the Christian Saints Podcast page on Facebook or Instagram, or find us on Twitter at podcast underscore saints. All music in this episode was composed by my good friend, James John Marks of Generative Sounds. Please check out his music at generativesoundsjjm.bandcamp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider giving us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use so more people can find the Christian Saints podcast and be blessed by the stories of the saints. Let us end this podcast episode by reading the Traparian and kontakion for St. André Rublev. Shining with the rays of divine light, O Venerable Andrew, you knew Christ the wisdom and power of God. By means of the image of the Holy Trinity, you preached to all the world the Holy Trinity in unity. And we, with amazement and joy, cry out to you, As you have boldness before the Most Holy Trinity, pray that the uncreated light may illumine our souls. Like a trumpet, you clearly sounded the sweetness of divine hymns and were revealed as a brilliant beacon shining on the world with the light of the Trinity. Therefore, we all cry to you, Venerable Andrew, unceasingly pray for us all. (音楽) ¶¶